Torse by the Horns podcast. By the Horns. The Taurus by the Horns podcast with national and world champion pistol shooters Jesse Harrison and KC Eusebio starts now. Welcome back, guys, to this month's episode of Taurus by the Horns. This is our last episode for 2022. Oh, my God. Time flies. It did. And we want to thank all of you for hanging in there with us for this first year while we figured out how to even do a podcast. (laughs) Um, And we just appreciate y'all following along and being a part of this with us. And we're looking forward to 2023, new episodes, new guests, but... We have one more for you to wrap out this year. Yeah, it's really cool. We go out on the range, we're shooting, we're training, and then, you know, some random shooter comes up to us and goes, I love the podcast. You're like, oh, man, that's awesome. I know. I love when we see people and they give us that feedback because I'm like, oh, you listen to it? Wow. Nice. There's actually people that (laughs) listen to it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, we're getting ready to leave for Thailand for our world shoot. Yes. In like eight hours, we're flying out. And um, so we will have a lot to do once we get there. Um, we have our equipment checks. We have a practice range. We can go practice, practice match. So and we and are travel. We actually, <laughs> yeah, a lot of travel. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it will, it's going to be an amazing trip. It's going to be a great match. We will have more to report on the January episode of how Thailand went yeah. for our last competition of the year. And then we'll see everybody at SHOT Show. Yeah. Just like that. I know. It's just things are just lined up one after the other. It's almost like there's really no break. There's really no down season. Not for us. Yeah. Not for us. That's okay. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So, Case, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about our guest we have coming up? All right. So, this guy is someone very special to us. His name is David Kramer. He's he's done a lot within our industry. He's he's really a behind-the-scenes type guy. Um, Mm -hmm. From clothing and gearing up some of our uh, nation's best in, in the special forces community to being a director of sales at Magpul mm-hmm. and then also being a founding member of SOC F, mm-hmm. another uh, organization that we're a part of and we try to do a lot for that gives back to the special forces community and their families. So if, if dad's hurt, is injured or even you know killed in action. This fund, SOC F, comes in and takes care of them. You know, they, if they need schooling, uh, if they need help with any uh, marital issues, it's amazing. They do anything and everything, and they 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 drop everything that they're doing just so we can help support them because these are unsung heroes. These are the people that allow us to sleep peacefully at night, and they're out there fighting for us. So, you know, we've got this organization that does great things, and David Kramer is one of the founding members of it and mm-hmm. is the reason why we do so much for for the community, you know. So really excited to have him to have him on the show. Um like I said, we hold him near and dear to the heart. We love him to death and can't wait to hear what he has to say about his uh his adventures. Yeah, and I think so many people know him as well, but he's one of those guys everyone knows him as DK, just his initials. Yeah. So we might t- be talking to someone and be like, "Oh yeah, you know David Kramer." Like, "Who?" Oh, DK. Yeah, 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 yeah. So if you hear his reference, DK, same, all in one. Same guy. <laughs> one of the best guys out there, man. He's a great guy. All right. We're live. We're here with David Kramer, a man that we have a lot of love for, one of my favorite human beings. He's known as DK. AKA. The, he's known as the man. Yep. And you know what? Just all around, one of the best human beings I've ever met in my life. Absolutely. Um, 
Welcome, David. Thank you. Thank you so much for words. making yeah. time to do this with us. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, we, uh, we, we're at his uh, beautiful home here. A lot of patriotism. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a huge theme. A little bit. In our crowd. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we're, we're not in a room right now. This is your office, and you've got, what, maybe 20 flags in here? I love it. I love and it. And I know they all Those probably are have numbers. a numbers. <laughs> but I feel like each one has a very special meaning yes. to you. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That'll be yeah. the next episode on the podcast. <laughs> uh, stories of the flags. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. All right, DK, let's just jump right into sure. it. Um, yeah. Why don't you just give us your bio of how you came into the firearms industry and landed at Magpul? Yeah, so my, my trajectory is probably non-traditional compared to the most of the folks you're talking to. Uh, I've been in the outdoor industry, but more on the camping, hiking side since 1990. Wow. Uh, yeah, so I, I worked at a, a retail store here in Georgia in, in the Atlanta area called High Country Outfitters, and I loved working there. It was kind of the first place in my life where I ever felt like I found my little tribe. Mm-hmm. And I loved climbing and backpacking and canoeing and that, all those sorts of pursuits. And... Uh, I got paid to talk about it and it was like, this is awesome. <laughs> so, so I was working in that world and, and retail for the most part, it's a young man's game and it's hard to support a family and buy a house and all that. So I wanted to stay in the industry. So I became a factory rep. And if you're a little bit different than the, the firearms industry, most, most reps in the, in the camping hiking space are independent contractors. They just manage a, a specific geographic region. In my case, it was the Southeast. So I had, Virginia's down to down to Florida and Mississippi to over to the Atlantic, oh and I was uh, I became a rep, and um, so I so I had a, a kind of a small business basically, the um, that world uh, different from firearms. Uh, it's a bunch of well, well, same as firearms. It's a bunch of mom and pop dealerships, mm-hmm. and then a couple of big you know big box guys like REI and. Uh, that sort of world, but but I was managing the business for multiple brands uh, in that outdoor world. That was uh, our biggest brand was called Arcteryx. Uh, second largest brand was called Solomon, both footwear wow. and ski. And then uh, then we had a bunch of really good, um, solid performing brands. Uh, Petzl was a climbing and headlamp manufacturer. We had a little stove called Jetboil. We had oh, watch cool. company called Sunto. Um, they were they were huge uh, prior to the kind of the Garmin revolution with GPSs, but we had a, a classic clothing company called Mountain Khakis. I mean, we had a great portfolio of brands, um, and that I started that agency in 1999 after I left retail. And uh, um, interestingly enough, which is kind of the cross section of my life, in uh, in the early 2000s, the military started coming to our trade show, and so. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, conceptually think, you know, the, the Super Bowl for camping, that is called Outdoor Retailer, mm-hmm. and the Super Bowl for, for our industry is the SHOT Show. So, Correct. Yep. So here comes these military guys to my Super Bowl, mm-hmm. uh, the camping hiking world. And a uh, funny story, like it was, uh, this was 2004, everybody, you know, in any industry, you get a lot of the same look. And so here you have all these campers and hikers, and then here come these, <laughs> these military guys. It's very obvious. They are, you know, one of these things is unlike the other. Like, yeah. All those dudes with bracelets and beards and tattoos are not like the... the <laughs> Granola eaters. Yeah, the, the, the Subaru people here. Um, yeah, these are yeah, men's so, men. 
Um, so unbeknownst to me, well, I guess I did know. I, I was, um, you know, f- after 9-11, uh, became very aware of, of the the blessings of America, and they were fragile, and, and uh, some men were going overseas to confront that, and uh, I was not one of them. I was, you know, selling camping gear. But um, so all uh, in my world, being geographically oriented, like if, if there was an account in Little Rock, Arkansas, but I didn't sell in Little Rock, Arkansas, that's somebody else's territory. Mm-hmm. It's adjacent to Memphis, but it's not in Tennessee. So, um, so the special operations world, uh, they have a huge contingency uh, and population in Florida, Georgia, North Carolina, mm-hmm. uh, Virginia, and Tennessee slash Kentucky. All of those were in my territory. So I was in the geographically right spot to sell this stuff. Mm-hmm. They had funding and flexibility to buy outside of the government programs, and I had cool stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a match made in heaven. Um, the business was great, but um, what was really cool for me was to feel like, hey, I've got a tiny little piece in the war effort here. I'm mm-hmm. I'm keeping a guy's feet more comfortable and less prone to blisters, or I'm giving him a sleeping bag or a jacket or a tent that's better than what he's been issued, and and hence they can perform at a higher level. Yeah. Um, so I my own little my own little war effort, but. Um, it was good business, and uh, yeah, it was uh, it was really fun for me. Back then, in the early two thousands, um, I started going to the shot show because my company started to rep, uh, go and, and show there. Uh, Arcteryx was at that show, and um, back then, uh, shot show was still every other year in Vegas, and it was it was in. Uh, uh, Orlando. Orlando, yeah. Yeah. My first one was, was Vegas, then it went to Orlando the second year, mm-hmm. then then it permanently went back. And I forget what year that was, but... It was a long time uh, ago. Oh, yeah. yeah. Always go. None of us need to date that. Yeah. <laughs> but what's cool about this was back then in the, in the Orlando shot show days, the firearms industry felt radically different than it does today. Oh, yeah. Uh, today, it feels much more mainstream. Mm-hmm. Uh, it feels youthful and fun. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an edginess to some of it. I, I almost liken it to country music. You got a big spectrum of the old school country, and then you got guys that the old school guys say, that's not country music. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's kind of the same way in the firearms right, industry, right. right? You know, you, yeah. that's not, you, know, you, <laughs> you can't shoot more than three rounds a second. <laughs> so, so back then, um, there were there were some really unique brands that were showing there that the military guys were really interested in, and I just happened to be part of that. But that was Cry Precision, mm-hmm. that was AAC, and Magpul. And I remember just feeling like th- this was the new frontier. These brands had a culture uh, that, and it, it had its own its own gravitational pull. So yeah. I knew these guys from Magpul, Drake, and. John and all mm-hmm. these guys, and uh, they were buddies of mine. You know, we're trade show buddies. You know, we all go to the same shows and de- deal with, generally speaking, the same customers and uh, go to the same restaurants afterwards and yeah. entertain the, you know, like, <laughs> hey, we're, we're going to dinner with your customers and ours. Let's go to dinner together. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, that's how I got to meet these Magpul guys. And then uh, as my as my business grew and grew and grew, um, and I, we sold our company to one of our client vendors and I was not super happy after I'd sold it. And, uh, Magpul called me up one day and said, Hey, uh, we're looking for somebody to fill a capability we don't have. And I went, 
well, I'm looking for a new place to, <laughs> to work. So, are uh, you know really really interested? I was I was not happy, but uh, yeah. So that's uh, that that was in 2017. I joined Magpul. I, I uh, resigned my my. I was an employee for the first time as an adult at, uh, <laughs> at 40 46 years old. I'm like, this sucks. Wow. Um, but uh, yeah, so I went to Magpul in uh, in 2017. So it's been a hair over five years now. And wow, it's been a great move for me. And it's been five years already. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And tell us your position, what you do with so the I'm company. So I'm on the sales side of the world. I'm I'm one of the sales directors. We have we have a couple of us here, um, and I I'm a, one of them. So uh, we have a pretty pretty unique uh, business model. I would say you know. Um, well, maybe it's not that unique, but but we have a, a couple guys. We have one guy that that deals, or one team that really deals specifically with government and military sales, and a lot of that's international foreign government business uh, as well as U.S. Gov. And then we have, when you look at the channels of business in the in the domestic world, you've got everything from from distribution, uh, big box accounts, e-tail, and and so. I'm I'm kind of a cobbled together and all that, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's cool, man. I I I've learned a lot. I you know hopefully brought a lot to the table, but also learned a lot since uh, since I joined Magpul, and it's been a great move. Yeah, you're always on the road. Like, yeah. if I call you, typically you're always going to answer, but yeah. when you say, "Hey, let me call you right back," I'm I'm I'm, I'm you usually answer and tell me, "Hey, let me call you <laughs> back." I'm with a client right now, so you're always busy. Always you're, on the go. Yeah. Yeah, I love it, man, and it's it's really cool to to see the evolution of of your life as yeah. it's moved throughout the years. Because you said it's been five years, I feel like it was it, just it like feels a year ago, maybe. <laughs> That's so crazy, but time does fly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember uh, thinking about my like I didn't grow up with guns. Um, my parents were from basically outside of New York City, and my dad is a big like traditional sports guy. New York Giants football and. And, uh, you know, big into baseball and, and basketball. And so that was that was my youth growing up. And then when I found all this climbing stuff, I totally went, you know, head over heels for 20 years into that. But started shooting, going with these military customers, which was fascinating. Yeah. And then, uh, and then to have a, a special operations guy, um, Bill G, your first gun. That was pretty cool. Oh, so wow. This guy from, from Fort Bragg built me a gun. He's an industry guy as well. Yeah. Yeah, so a treasured, treasured piece of equipment there. So oh, yeah. Awesome. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's an honor. Yep. So everyone knows Magpul as, you know, the P-Mags, AR-15s. You, you make furniture for yep. for that. But I want to hear the, the story behind the P-Mag. I know it, but I want our, our listeners to... The origin to, story. The origin story behind Man. the P-Mag. <laughs> so, uh, well, hopefully I can do it justice compared to... We, we should we should get a professional on this uh, <laughs> on this podcast, not me. Um yeah, so so Richard, um, you know, one of the founders of Magpul, the, the the trifecta at the early ages of of Magpul was Richard doing marketing, Mike Mayberry doing design, and then Doug Smith um, really helping the business. I I I jokingly say parental supervision, and uh, <laughs> Doug is my boss. And uh, but so so without Doug's you know business acumen, you you know. You, you see a thousand good ideas go in the dumpster all the time. Yeah. So um, Doug, Doug made the math work, which is the most important part, one of the most important parts of business. But, you know, Richard started off making the mag pull. And, you know, I would say most people would tell you, don't, don't ever name your, your business after a product. Uh, it's a, you know, 
not generally the recommended way, but we've somehow or another been able to make it really, really uh, pretty good. Um, but uh, as the as the brand evolved from just just the Magpul and the M ninety three butt stock that Mike well Richard did, and then Mike kind of rehashed. I think you know at some point I I've heard the story uh, from from my coworkers that. Richard basically kind of gambled his 401k. He was working for IBM and wow. uh, cut the tool for the Magpul <laughs> and then for the buttstock. And, and uh, that, that, that paid out pretty well, you know, yeah. long term. Yeah. We created a, a, like you said, one of the most widely recognized brands in the industry. And the PMAG, um, as I've been able to kind of regurgitate it, you know, plastic mags have been tried before yeah. and always failed. Right. And uh, even by big guys that are well-resourced and, and, and make phenomenally good product. You know, H&K had a plastic mag and, uh, for the MP5. And so uh, as far as, as we were developing buttstocks and grips, the polymer world um, evolved and we were a part of that evolution uh, basically making, you know, figuring out the recipe because polymer is a recipe of, you know, plastic right. and, yeah. you know, all the, all the components. And if you get, a, if you get one of those components tweaked incorrectly, you don't end up, you know, get getting something that may crack really easily. Too brittle. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a, there's a lot of, a lot of, I guess, art and science going into it, mainly science. But uh, I think, you know, the goal was, hey, we, we can, with the, the new versions of polymers that had been invented around us with with the, the grips and buttstocks, mm-hmm. we can we can try it in a magazine. And uh, <laughs> to hear Drake, my counterpart, talk about those early days and like, you know, literally uh, taking P mags, you know, that were that were designed early on, and they they do what's called an early shot sample. It's a T one shot in the into the tool. And then going out to the range right close to our, our old office and shooting them and then running them over with the truck, which mm-hmm. is a classic <laughs> Magpul, uh, like, was it durable enough? Let's pull, yeah. pull, pull, pull a two-ton truck on top of this thing. And, uh, yeah, that was uh, that was a pretty pretty bold move. Yeah. I, I wouldn't necessarily – I don't know this to be true, but I think it's kind of one of those things. You, you know, you either stay safe or you bet. And yeah. uh, it's a bet that paid off pretty damn well. Uh, oh, I would yeah. say so. Yeah. How so. many, how many uh, trips to the range and driving over mags <sighs> did it take before y'all got, like, the recipe right and knew that this was going to be a, a I, big thing? It was uh, a, a lot <laughs> yeah. uh, pre my time. But I will tell you, yeah. like, we still have, we, we have internal testing at, at uh, some of our facilities already. You know, the the range in the container box yeah. and that allows us to do immediate testing. But if you want to, well, otherwise we have a, we have a truck and a couple of guys that literally load up every day and drive out to, to go shoot mags yeah. and um, you know, or, and, and other products as well. But you know, when you're, when you're, when you're developing a magazine, you obviously have to, to consider what you feed it with it. So right. yeah, a bazillion types of ammo and projectiles and, you know, and then different twist rates and barrels and lengths of barrels mm-hmm. and it all, you know, if, if anything's out of sync, as you know, it, yeah. it doesn't, the, the, the machine don't run. Yep. That's um, so amazing. So. so this is kind of a two-part question. Yeah. Um, first is, 
how many items or SKUs does Magpul actually make and sell? And then what are some of the other flagship items with Mag Magpul sure. aside from the PMAG? Sure. So when you're when you're asking about like how broad the line is, um, we're, up, we're up <laughs> up into like the four hundreds at this point. Wow. Then you, then you throw in color and sizes, oh, and gosh. it gets to you know thirteen hundred. I think. My oh my goodness. gosh, that's insane. So the um, if you if you break down the business by by platform, mm-hmm. um, obviously AR fifteens. It's a very large large portion. You know. A lot, lot of business happening there. Yeah. Remington 700s, Ruger 1022s, uh, Glock mm-hmm. for mags, yeah. uh, AKs. Um, and then you're going to start seeing other other items like Ruger Americans, um, that, that type of development there. Um, shotguns as, far, as yeah, well. Yeah, shotgun accessories yeah, yeah. for Mossbergs and Remington. Um, but if you looked at it at us, uh, instead of looking by platform, if you looked at it by category of the business, yeah. um, magazines, butt stocks, rifle stocks mm-hmm. for for Remington 700 or or um, you know Ruger American 1022s, uh, but bipods, backup sights, mm-hmm. um, slings and sling accessory, you know all the bits and bobbles to yeah. attach the sling to your gun. Um, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a large, large catalog. I, I, I jokingly, when, when I'm meeting, you know, kids, friends, parents or whatever, and they're like, what do you do? And I'm telling me you work in the outdoor industry. You never know if you're talking to, yeah. to, to <laughs> someone that's going to be like, oh, your kid's not welcome at our house. Yeah. Um, you know, it, we, um, when we, when we talk about our business, like it's, it's, I say it's like Jeeps, you know, like you go and you buy a perfectly good Jeep. And then you go in the back where they ha- sell all the parts. And you're like, well, how do I get my Jeep to look like that? I need a winch. With the lift kits and the yeah. Yeah. tires and wheels <laughs> and rims and, and winches. Lights. And, and super cool bumpers yeah. and, and yeah. Fa- you know, fenders and everything. All that stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, that's that to me is like, you know, when I look, when I open up my safe and I look at my guns, I'm like, that's what I did. I just like Barbie for men. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, yeah it all is. the accessories. Right, yeah. exactly, totally. I love that. Totally. We need to put that on a shirt or something. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I bedazzle mine. Yeah. <laughs> Sequins to my, to my grip. That's it. That is crazy. It. How do y'all, this is just a question I thought of while you were talking. How does, you, do you see the company sales fluctuate with the industry based on oh, yeah. like political things or do y'all just stay pretty consistent across the board? How does I that mean, look? We're, we're, uh, we're certainly prone to, to hyperactivity in the marketplace. Um, yeah. and a lot of times that is politically, uh, motivated. I, I, uh, you know, I, I, I know what happens, you know, we, we would prefer non-politically oriented sales. Like yeah. it's, right. it's, it's way, way easier to, to plan and scale a business mm-hmm. when you have predictability in the marketplace. Yeah. You know, I'm not a, uh, I'm not a stock guy, but you know, if, if general electric, you know, had 1000 times demand next year, well, they couldn't fulfill that. They can, you know, they can plan on 20% growth yeah. or 20% decline. That's a 40% swing. That's a lot to, to, but you can manage that, yeah. Twenty percent up or down, but when you're when when something happens and goes crazy, whether that's a pandemic or you know politicians talking yeah. about bans or whatever, I mean the business goes nuts across the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and and I don't mean to belittle it by any means, but we look like we're the smartest people on the planet when all the stuff <laughs> yeah. gets, flies off the shelf. <laughs> Everybody's like, yeah. a good salesman. <laughs> yeah, really, really. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, uh, I, I would never, well, I, I tend to think that, you know, the, the business fluctuates um, if you didn't, if you didn't have those those crazy political swing or or, or any sort of swing, usually political, mm-hmm. um, we'd be able to to scale our business and grow and and yeah. and uh, and and do it in a in a meaningful and measured way. When 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 all the stuff happened with COVID and, and business got really busy for well, ever since then. <laughs> um, you know, it was it was hard to to plan. Like we put all new product development on hold. Like stop. Yeah. Stop. I think because everybody we did. Not make anything new. Yeah. Um. So so that's not. I mean, and we're we're invigorated by new product development. I mean, you, you when when you think about where the energy of the of the business is, it's not in it's not in uh, Excel spreadsheets. Mm-hmm. It's in yeah. Dude, this is badass. Like you know, one of the designers yeah. and engineers or product managers brings you something. You're like, oh man, this yeah. is awesome. You yeah. know, so yeah. new, new product development is what dr- is the engine that drives the business, and um, you know the the sales are probably the fourth or fifth car down the line. But new products, that's the engine, yeah. and um, you know the sales is a is a uh, is further down the line. So <laughs> I mean, Magpul's yeah. been pretty innovative yeah. from the get-go and it's every year you always have new product that yeah. like either is super comfortable or hey this saves me one two three four five seconds yeah. and it's pretty cool that you, you're never uh behind you're always ahead magpul's yeah. always been ahead whenever you stop by and see the new product at shot show oh, NRA yeah. show yeah there's a there's a culture inside of our of our organization for innovation the product mm-hmm. managers are kind of the hub and then they work with designers and engineers that either make it beautiful and make it work and also make it be able to be produced in, in mass. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's easy to make one thing that's beautiful, but you can't produce it right. in, in large yeah. scale. So yeah. that's kind of the, the magic of Magpul is, is uh, you know, we don't, we don't generally make something that's, you know, only affordable to the private jet crowd. You know, right, a one-off. We're, yeah, we're we're kind of the Henry Ford model, man. Like everybody mm-hmm. can afford a, a grip or a PMAG or a sling. It's not, it's not golden. That is beautiful. Yeah. Stuff. Is that a pretty big team? Your your R and D team. Yeah, I mean the uh, from functional areas of the business. Um, yeah, the 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 development team is 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 a massive massive group for sure. Yeah how many bodies are up there but i mean you, you there are there are way more developers than there are sales guys i'll tell you that really wow yeah, it's sure. usually the other way around yeah. in, a, in a big manufacturer yeah. just the opposite for us wow which i think is super cool that I'm, is i'm a total product dork and yeah, so same. Yeah. when you when you're only leaking out product once you know once yeah. a couple couple things a year ah, it, you feel starved but when you're when we, I mean when we go to shot show it's like holy smoke check this out work. yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's awesome I think that's a neat testament to the company itself too, is just how innovative y'all are. And then everyone wants the accessories. And like we've already stated, Magpul is just so widely known within the industry that, you know, it's, there's so many brand leader in it. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Speaking of which, is there anything new on the horizon that Magpul might be coming out with that you're able to share, even if it's just like a little tidbit? Well, some, some. I'm trying to think of things that won't get me fired. Right. Uh, I don't want you to get fired. Yeah. That. Let me think about this. Um, 
Stop by the SHOT Show booth. Nice. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> so cool. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I'll show you everything. So tactful. We'll do a follow-up. Yeah, yeah. So tactful. That's, That's exactly What about right. the company as a whole? Are there things y'all are focusing on? Goals? Yeah. Out, even just outside of products that are going to be released? Yeah. I mean, we, uh, I would say if, I joined Magpul in, in 2017. And so the basically, you know, 18-year-old business. And so wrestling with, I think as any company does, as you, as you mature and you morph, you can't look too much in the, in the rear view mirror mm-hmm. to plan the future. And so as, as we look to the future and we, and we build out the, the, the areas of the business and continue to add more developers for product, for content and, and marketing, strengthen the sales force, those are the, those are the big pillars of the business for sure. Uh, we did just uh, re, um, got a new building in our in our Austin facility, um, something that's considerably larger that allows us to scale, and then as well have things like you know business meetings where we've got a twenty foot section where we can kind of do the planograms for the the big retailers that plan out their inventory assortments, and that's a nice thing. That's a, actually a super helpful tool for a for a sales guy to be able to like literally put out the assortment and go, this is what it's supposed to look like in your store. And it's mm-hmm. like, man, that looks great. Yeah. But outside of, of what I would call those a sterile business elements. Yeah. I mean, the, I had a conversation two days ago on a marketing side about how do we, how do we have a, a coherent and uh, uh, when it comes to philanthropy, like that's that, I mean, as a company, mm-hmm. philanthropy is a hard thing because it's, it's yeah. a marketing function it's hard to discuss what the ROI is out of it. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes it's exposure to the same people that know your brand already. <laughs> Networking. Some, right. Yeah. I mean, so it's hard to put, hard to put some, some perimeters or a fence around that, but that's mm-hmm. actually one of the projects that I've been asked to, to help with, uh, with, from the marketing, from the marketing guys to ask help on how do we define those things? You know, and yeah. the way I look at it, like, okay, well, obviously two a, issues are in our backyard that is who we are so we Mm -hmm. should probably that if i'm thinking about it as a target that's our x-ring you know and then Mm -hmm. beyond that okay well maybe maybe um things like preparing the next generation for how to how to safely handle firearms and how to shoot responsible owners exactly Mm -hmm. and and that may or may not make the cut i'm just saying these are the things that we throw out there law enforcement military uh, military you know mental health issues Mm -hmm. like that's a big one talking about um and these are big these are big kind of strategic uh things but also i think about like policy um in in the world of firearms Uh, i have a friend who who's in, in our industry and his brother is an attorney and, and they do work quote on the hill. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he said, you know, most of the time firearms policies is made by the staffers at, at the, the Congress and the, the senatorial level, people have never fired or shot a firearm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wait a minute, these people are, it would be like me, you know, consulting to delta on the design of jets yeah and, and i don't i don't fly pl- like, i've yeah. never like, flown somebody should look up and go wait a minute mr kramer you don't fly jets you're not a pilot you know, no you're nothing not an about these things yeah like why are you even talking about this that, yeah. that's the perfect analogy right. yes right 100 percent. yeah so 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 things like that i i think those are the types of things that we will look at and how to yeah. put our how to put all our stamp on it and 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 Hopefully, it helps our industry and the brand, obviously. Yeah. 
So you know, that's they're exciting. definitely they're not experts. I mean, the yeah. the staff they they're watching movies, they're watching mainstream media, and they're watching, um, you know, things that they think what a firearm does or what the goal of a firearm owner is. Like that's not it. You're they're absolutely not, it's right. Not realistic. It's yeah. not realistic. They live in La La Land. Yeah, I yeah. think it's great to see some of the bigger companies in our industry step up and take a stance in that direction. Because like you yeah. said, it could, it's hard to put a tangible value on that. And then also, you know, you risk exposing yourself to like different crowds of people you don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's great to see because those things are, we're seeing now in such, you know, politically charged environments that these things are coming back to affect us greatly. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I think to see the industry as a whole step up or even just like our heavy hitters that can do that. I think that's so important for the future of our industry. Absolutely. But, um, all right. So most people associate, as we've already discussed, Magpul with a PMAG. Yep. Is there something else if you were, if you wanted someone to think of anything different than the PMAG, what would that be for Magpul? in your opinion? Well, I think probably the, the, if you're, if we're looking at by like just the amount of business we do, P mag's number one, yeah. the category of magazines, number one. And then, you know, butt stocks is a very important yeah. um, uh, category for us. The CTR butt stock. Like I think about what that means to our business and, and, and firearms industry culture, like the, the CTR stock is on the black rifle coffee logo. Like, there's, that's a pretty, that's really like, cool. that's very cool. <laughs> I'm watching television, you know, the terminal list on, you know, Amazon. Yeah. It's and there. They, right, it's mainstream. I, I'm looking at them like, man, yeah. like how cool is that? I, I've got a handful of books uh, and, and that product is on the cover of the book, you know? And yeah. it's like, man, that's a, that to me, th- these are interesting things to me. And, you know, my kids, uh, my boys shoot a lot and they will be watching TV and they're like, oh, oh, Magpul. <laughs> like everything yeah, yeah yeah it is crazy it is cool yeah is there any particular reason you think the PMAG has taken such precedence for that association to the company because like, like you said you're seeing the stocks oh yeah just as much yeah but we're if we're at like the great american outdoor show which is really a consumer show up mm-hmm. in, in pennsylvania people walk up and they're you can see them like looking at magpole and then looking <laughs> see the sign up top and looking in the booth and they're like oh the pmag company <laughs> yeah that's us. yeah come on in let me, let me show you the other you 400 we items yeah. we make um, but that's okay you know most yeah. people so coke associate coca-cola with uh with coke and coke. uh you yeah. know they, they own a lot of stuff but yep. yeah i mean uh, the the pmag uh was such a raving success yeah and, and the fact that you know compared to say a usgi uh, AR-15 mag. If, mm-hmm. if I if I was working on reloads and I had a partially filled um, aluminum mag and I dropped it and it hit and it oftentimes bent and then wouldn't function. Uh, and that was that was always a thing was was how does it reliably perform? And if you have in the in the case of the P mag beyond just the the actual mag itself, but the the base plate and spring. It's all got to work right, you know, and, yeah. and work within the, the gas system or the piston of the gun. And if one of those things is out of out of whack, man, you get misfeeds. And, and, and then, it, you know, at some point you do have to accept that magazines are disposable items. They are, mm-hmm. you know, they're like tires on your car. You might get 60,000 miles on them, but, you know, at some point you got to replace them. Yeah. Same thing, you know, but, but I've had P-Mags uh, that I, old, 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 
Gen 1 PMAGs that Drake probably gave me, and uh, and they've cracked down the, the center spine, but they still mm-hmm. run. Like, right. wait, a minute, wait a minute, they they they, they still run. Like, that's yeah. the whole point. Not that it didn't eventually wear out, but it still runs. Robust product. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's to me, is the, the testament to the to the product itself. Well, you know you love it when you're looking. I'm looking at yeah. your phone right now, and you've got a, you know, Magpul phone <laughs> yeah. cover yeah, on. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> paid to do that, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we've got Magpul, but we all, there's also a direct tie to Sock F, and yeah. you're wearing a Sock F t-shirt right now, yeah. Special Operations Care Fund. Yeah. Uh, give us a little bit of the background to Sockef because that's yeah. something that we hold near and dear to our hearts, yeah. and you're you're one of the founding members yeah. of Sockef. Yeah. So give us a little so, bit of the Sockef yeah. is my mistress. That's uh, right. Yeah, my wife. My <laughs> wife is aware of her. And oh she, yeah. Yeah. yeah she's, she, good. she's good with it. She knows. Yeah. yeah she knows. <laughs> um, so cool, cool way of the, the kind of the fabric of my life and the blending of my of my work and personal world and how it all kind of blends together. And it's very difficult for me to compartmentalize my life. So when I was still uh, on the outdoor side of the world, selling to the military, uh, friends at Magpul had sent me uh, three uh, cases of PMAGs. Mm-hmm. And, and I had a tiny little office and they took up a bunch of room. But this guy who still works at Magpul, he's one of the other directors. He, he, um, he knew that I send, you know, would send boots and jackets to all these commandos worldwide every day. And he's like, man, just throw a couple PMAGs in each of them and, you know, call it good. Well, I didn't do that. I just, they just sat there for a few months. And then a buddy of mine uh, from the military, a guy named Brett Shadle, uh, died in a, in a training accident. And uh, I, I put his image, I made a stencil and I put his image on the PMAG and I brought 10 of them up to the memorial in Virginia beach. And, uh, at that memorial, a friend of mine, um, called the bar to order after I had left. And they, they said, Hey, we're going to raise some money for the family. Let's, let's, you know, let's do it for Jenna. And, uh, he, he did the very first one P mag, uh, for auction and it went for a thousand bucks. Wow. And the next one went for like 2,500 and then it went all the way in a, Caleb Cry actually paid um, staggering amounts of money for a wow. single PMAG. And yeah, so they handed this widow you know, like 15 grand. Like, oh my God. Yeah. And that, like that was five of them. And the, the, re- the other five went to the family. And I had 290 of them left. And oh. so, yeah, so I, I contacted uh, John Hollister, uh, who was working over at AAC. And said, "Hey, can you guys? I know you got a laser, and uh, can you can you digitize this this stencil that I made, and then laser it on these mags?" I told him the whole story. He said, "Yeah, we'll do it." Yeah, we had a hundred, uh, two hundred ninety of them made, and then I I berated three of my my accounts, and I said, "Sell these for a hundred bucks each," and they did it, and they they absorbed the. Uh, uh, the credit card processing, like four bucks each, wow. and then the shipping, and which is probably five, six bucks each. So they lost about ten dollars on every one of them they sold, and we generated another twenty nine thousand bucks. And oh uh, that was TD Todd at Tactical Distributors yeah. was mm-hmm. was part of the gang. Um, uh, GSS, which is now down in Florida in the Panhandle near near where Seventh Group is, mm-hmm. 
and then uh, Mission Ready Equipment, who's who's no longer in business. But those three were cool enough uh, with the whole thing, like, hey, we're just going to raise some money for for this family. For a good man. So, so that was that was leading up to that was 2013, and after um, we sold all those P mags, and then we um, we did a fundraiser for the family and raised like 120 grand in a night. It's crazy. Um, and that was in Virginia Beach. I came home and I was super invigorated. Like that was that was really really cool. So enriching. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like yeah. It, yeah. Super. So so I um, I contacted a couple friends of mine here in Atlanta. Um, one of well, you know all of these guys, but uh, Cannon Reynolds, who was one of the founders, he's a he loves to shoot uh, all, everything, and so he's a big wing shooter and and, and a sporting clays guy, and he's. I talked to him about doing a sporting clays event out where he's a member at this private club, not, not too far from Jason's spot. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and so he said, yeah, let's do it. And then we, we recruited, uh, Griff Griffin, uh, the IP attorney of the stars and, uh, David mm-hmm. money. Well, yep. uh, another friend who's, uh, who's a, now a retired general counsel, but, uh, uh, an attorney. So we had two attorneys, uh, an architect and, uh, and me, a sales guy, all start this thing up. And, we just wanted to help special operations family. None of us had served. I think each of us probably had a, 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 a certain percentage of gratitude slash guilt for never serving. Um, you know, I, I think each of us had, had grown in families and built businesses all while guys are fighting overseas. And it's like, man, I don't have to worry about putting my kids on a bus or taking them to the, to the local mall or any of that. Like, I have the peace and prosperity of my life is, is, you know, is paid for by somebody else. Right. And this is the least we can do. Right. So, yeah. So we started raising money. We did a sporting clays event. Well, we, we created an LLC and then we got 501 C three status from the government. And then we started running, running these events and putting on a, um, sporting clays events and raising the money. And, uh, Ever every year we just raise a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. What what did we raise last year? Are you allowed to? Uh, twenty one or twenty two. Twenty two. Twenty two. This year. Twenty two. Um, all in were four point one million. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> majority of that is from one night. Yeah, one night. One night, and we yeah. were, we were yeah. there that night. Yes, and it was <laughs> insane. It yeah. is the most moving experience. And to try and put it into words can't. for listeners, nope. you can't. Yeah. Because you're in a room with a group of American heroes mm-hmm. along with patriots. Patriots that have pockets I will never understand the depths yeah. of mm-hmm. and the heart to give. Selfless. Oh, yeah. Very selfless. And then you hear stories of where these funds are going and yeah. what they do and that's something i want you to explain the difference between a fund and an organization no sure. fund and uh foundation fund and foundation yeah. sorry sorry sorry. yeah um but to experience this is i mean if it will i cry every year oh yeah at this event um i can't look at dk because when I, he's talking D, yes. i literally have to <laughs> look away because <laughs> i will start crying i'm yeah. like man i'm gonna lose my man card let me turn <laughs> well, you're so passionate about oh, yeah. all of this, and 
it's it's ama- it's literally amazing and we it's something Casey and I look forward to every year just to be a part of and, yeah. and we work on it help. all year yeah. all year round I'm calling DK hey I'd like to invite this person yeah, I think this <laughs> yeah. person would be great to add to the circle like yeah. it's yeah. all year round thing yeah. it's not yeah. two weeks before no. it's all year round yeah. and I love it it's something that means so much yeah. to us you know DK is the man when it comes yeah. to to giving you know, Absolutely. he's always giving. He's always uh, being as selfless as possible. Him and his family. He's ra- yeah. He's those same values he's putting into his three children, oh, yeah. and that'll keep going on. Yeah. You know, generationally, it's be- it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, it's a, a very very special event and group of people. Yeah. And it's it's amazing. Oh yeah. But Fund back, and foundation. Yes. All back right. to the question. Different yeah, yeah. So, so a foundation typically is an organization that has a large like usually hundred million plus dollars and that money is managed like an investment and it kicks off funding. And then they have rules about how much you have to give away every, every year. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I know of one here, um, local family has been very, very, very successful and, uh, they have, they have multiple family funds and they have to give away $50 million a year. So, <laughs> So the, wow. <laughs> the money backing that has many more zeros yeah. than what, I mean, so it's it's hard for me to even fathom that. Yeah. And they actually told me that, you know, the hardest thing for them is to find organizations that, that are worthy, worthy of that, of of that yeah. money. Um, you know, and so a lot of times, you know, the cynic you'll read and you're like, well, does does Harvard really need $250 billion? Couldn't they do everything <laughs> they needed with $247 billion? Yeah. Like, couldn't that three billion go to somewhere else? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the guys that whatever. fight for us, <laughs> you're right. Yeah. So, so yeah. So foundations have huge reserves of financial resources. It's managed as an investment, and then each year they're they're required by their bylaws and by the IRS regulations to give away a certain percentage of what that what that money is. Um, and then a fund like we have. Um, we are we're cash in cash out so um outside of putting on events which is require you know requires us to rent halls and you know shotgun shells or whatever mm-hmm. food um, food and beverage and all that yeah. sort of stuff hotel rooms um if somebody hands us a hundred dollars today um that's you know it's cash in cash out we don't mm-hmm. have any overhead so um now that being said, I mean there there are expenses to running or you know businesses. We like that we we have insurance, we mm-hmm. have a web development and hosting and all the, yeah. the normal stuff. Um, but yeah, it's uh, so that's the main difference. If if somebody came to us and said, "Hey, we would want to um, give you a, a large like that level of gift," yeah, we could probably do a foundation outside of the special operations care fund Mm -hmm. and maybe that foundation would fund the fund but man we're now i I don't do math in public and so (laughs) it starts to make me confused like wait a minute yeah so so, yeah but you're not paying salary to board members yeah so no board members i mean it's all volunteer on the board um and and think about today what is today the 17th 17th of November. so one month ago today uh on october 17th we hired our very first executive director and we know him he's a great yeah guy. yeah great yeah. guy so that was a big step for us and i will i will tell you um i was probably the the slowest person to to make it to this dance um i think you know i 
it was my, I jokingly told somebody the other day, they were like, man, it must've been hard stepping down. I went, yeah, I felt like I gave my daughter at the, at the altar, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. here, here you go, yeah. treat her right, you know. Yeah. But, um, um, it's in the right hands. Yeah, so, so, so we, uh, we did a uh, kind of a, sounds so cliche, a deep dive back in the dead of summer and just said, hey, what do we want to be when we grow up? And uh, we we spent hours of whittling it down to like the the most simple statement, which is the the greatest run veteran service organization in America, and to be the quietest and the most generous. Like that's it. Yeah. That, and that's what you guys are. Yeah. That's what we want to do. So, yeah. so then the question is, okay, well, can you what you do today? Can you be that? And can you scale your thing to reach thousands, not tens or hundreds? Mm-hmm. And and the reality, the answer to that is no. Um, I have a busy, busy life. I got three children, a lovely wife, three crazy dogs, as you met earlier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, I, life is busy um, at the Kramer household, and then I have my work, Magpul, and, and I have some some new responsibilities I'm, I'm dealing with there. And so I, I can't, I don't have an extra four or five hours a day to, to, to give to yeah. the organization. Yeah. And so, so we were, we were wrestling with this and I was very, very, um, I just didn't know how to do this. And I, I actually had pitched to the board a succession plan where we would, we would pick a successor. We would mentor them for a year they would do their job for two years and they would pick a successor. They would mentor them for a year yeah. and then they would cycle off. That was the only way I could think about how we would um, hand the reins over every couple years yeah. to, to the next generation. And the, the, one of the, one of the other board members said, well, how do we continue to attract the special operations guys? And uh, I don't work in that world anymore. Magpul sells into those worlds, but I'm not that guy. That's, that's somebody else in the, in the organization. So I've unplugged from, you know, all the, all the special ops guys. Um, and so we thought, man, we really need a, we really need a, an operator to be that person. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've had a, um, I, I would say uh, the the most special of relationships with Jeremy Morton since day one. I mean, when I started dealing with his organization at Fort Bragg in the early 2000s, he was he was the guy that picked the shoes and the boots and all that sort of stuff called Soldier Survival Systems. And Jeremy came to me when we had stood up Sock F, and he came to me and said, "Hey, uh, we've got some um, some folks in our in our organization that are needing some help with marriage." And, uh, you know, you know, the, the folks at Windshape, can you help out? And he, it took him a month, but he, he literally hand carried that, that request through us. SOCOM, the, the care coalition and got JAG approval to, to fund this marriage program. And so wow. without Jeremy carrying our water for mm-hmm. us down in Tampa, it never would have happened. And the same thing a few years later, he hit me up and he said, Hey, the commander um, at that point of, of that organization wanted to uh, had two initiatives he wanted to leave with. And he said uh, one of them was gold star children. And he said, we, you know, when extortion 17 went down in Virginia beach, when that organization um, had extortion 17 go down, they had a, a gold star kids camp. And he's like, we, we don't have anything like that for us. And I said, well, we'll do it. 
and uh, Jeremy and I helped. We 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 kind of built that thing together, Jeremy and us, not me, but um, and uh, and yeah. So so, at, fast forward to today or to a month ago, uh, we started having these conversations with Jeremy, and he said he's always had a heart to serve his former guys, knowing that he could he could reach people that. I can't, you mm-hmm. can't, uh, you know, it's, a, it's, a. I haven't walked in those boots. Right. Yeah. And so he, uh, he and his wife talked about it a lot, prayed about it. And while that was all going on, um, he and I were at an event together in California and a donor came to me and he said, Hey, that guy, like you need him. I was like, yes, we do. He goes, <laughs> I'll pay for him for five years. I'm like, Oh my what? gosh. This is done. So yeah. So, yeah, wow. so, um, so not only like, you know, you think about if, if we look through the lens solely of dollar in, dollar out, and then you throw in any sort of payroll, it, it throws, throws it out of, you know, yeah it changes the percentage of the give. Um, and so this guy's covering that, that for five oh years. Oh my gosh. But even at that, like all the, all the, the people that are that I have tremendous respect for in the business community that are involved with us. They've all told us like don't worry about that. Yeah. If you've got if you've got an operational even a staff, not just one, but a staff and he's like and you are able to do better and help more people and you know, it's all the small things that trip me up. Like, hey, mm-hmm. getting somebody a receipt. You know, the tax time. Everyone's like, hey, uh, I gave you something like 14 months ago. Can I get a tax receipt? And I'm like, oh, sorry, man. You know, like, let me yeah. let me make this tax receipt. <laughs> you know, like that's what professionals do. And and so yeah, so uh, so yeah, so Jeremy's gonna take the helm of the org and and run the day to day. And he's already putting in place uh, a strategic vision, and yeah. so that we can we can always go back to these documents and go, Hey, that either fits or it doesn't fit. And we'll, yeah. we'll move forward that way. So well, you guys chose a great champion because he yeah. is another great human being that, you know, I, I talk to quite a bit too. I, I call him, he checks in on me. Yeah. He lives in Louisiana. So if there's any hurricanes, I always say you stay yeah. with us if you need to, like yeah. you always have a place to stay. He's an amazing human being. Yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah, and, and a uh, great auctioneer. Oh, hell, the best auctioneer. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, the best That's auctioneer. Right. It's amazing. I mean, he's one of the reasons why we've raised so much money throughout that, the years. Because yeah. I mean, he is the man. It's an yeah. art. Yeah. what he does. He yeah. was at the very first. Well, he's been at every event, but he's at the very first one, and we just did um, silent auction. Mm-hmm. And then he's watching this. He's like, "Hey, Dave, uh, I don't know if I told you, but uh, before I joined the <laughs> army, I was an auctioneer." I was like, "Are you kidding?" Yeah. Fire this thing up. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he's like, rip. all right, I'll bring it big next year. So the second year he did, uh, we had a couple of live auction items and it was insane. So, so what, what year was, was that when he started auctioneering? So the live auction year was 2015. So, wow. Yeah. 2015. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, when was my first sock F event? Was it like 2014 or 15? I'd have to go back. I can look in my, uh, in my, computer and, and figure out but probably <laughs> four, 15, 14 was the very first year we did it maybe 15 yeah I think so I think mine was 17 okay yeah. golly that time flies yeah yeah, yeah. oh my gosh and it's so I guess let's see we had 14 15 16 17 18 19 skipped we skipped because of COVID that's right so now yeah. wait, wait, hold on like I said I'll do math <laughs> 21 22 take your shoes off 15 16 17 18 19 
20. 20 is not going. 21, 22. So this will, so years. we're about to have the ninth, ninth one for 2023. Yeah. Yeah. So unbelievable. I've only, I think I've only missed one because I, I, I was working for the guys at up north yeah. and at Bragg. So I had to go do some work over there. But like, yeah. this is, you know, something that we look forward to every year. We try to get as many yeah. Yeah. good people involved. Yeah. It is something else and you yeah. guys you're 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 right you guys are the professionals that are quiet about this whole organization and you let the the actions really speak for oh, yeah. Yeah. the organization if anyone needs anything it's snap of a finger oh you need this you, yeah. you, you need family help do you need yeah. medical help what do you need we'll yeah. be there for you yeah what are some of the organizations that SOCF does work with to send soldiers or families to for these types of therapy. Yeah. Yeah. And help so, that they get. so the way that we break it down, it's either, it's either a medical need or a family need. That's our sweet spot. We don't get involved in legal cases. We don't do what is generally referred to as therapeutic recreation. We don't do education. Um, so, so we stick to our lane, which is where the needs are that, that we care about. So healthcare and family. In the family side, uh, we we send one of our biggest line items is a Gold Star Kids mm-hmm. um, program. For any of the listeners, a, a Gold Star kid and wife is uh, when when dad has passed away. So, or uh, mom, yeah, yep, yeah. So occasionally we get you get the moms. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, so the Gold Star program is called the Station Foundation, and it's out in Bozeman, Montana. Uh, it's an amazing. Uh, amazing uh place of healing and not only for the kids um which get a mentor in the form of dads mates and friends uh but the dads um the teammates of dad who were there when when he perished are usually there with the kid and so they're able to to help that child like hey your dad really liked fly fishing i'm gonna teach you how to fly fish i'm gonna be with you I'm going to talk to you about your dad. They, yeah. they go through some, some, uh, some really deep, deep connecting piece. But uh, the, the cool thing is that really is uh, very, very powerful for the men as well. Yeah. It's super, super helpful to them to untangle those knots yeah. and guilt that they, that they have. So very that's, healing for yeah. both. So that's the Station Foundation um, with the Gold Star. And then we also fund another program where – it's a family transition from from military service to civilian life. Um, what we find is that if you asked if you asked a military wife, you know, say she's he's been on ten deployments, like what's the root cause of all the problems in your marriage? And she would go, oh, it's because he's deploys two hundred fifty nights a year. you know he's gone yeah. two hundred fifty nights a year. Okay, that logically makes sense. Yeah. Um, the problem is when he retires, now he's home all the time the problems are way worse. Yeah. And so it's not a it's not a function of dad being gone, it's a function of a of a of a dysfunctional relationship. Mm-hmm. And so this this transition program helps to to uh keep everybody together mm-hmm. and transition and and for the children to finally relate to dad in a in a unique way mm-hmm. that they haven't done in the past. Um and for for dad not to feel like he's an alien in his own family, yeah, or a foreign body in his own in his own home. It's okay to slow down. Yeah, um, I think one of the one of the challenges that I hear from the guys is you know they oftentimes they come from whether it's an SF guy, a ranger, or a SEAL or whatever they are and they are at an apex organization. They are apex predators, 
And, you know, they, they run by, not only by rank, but like, I am a breacher, I am an assaulter, I am a yeah. um, sniper or whatever. And then they come out and it's like, I am, I don't know who I am. Yeah. That was my identity. Dad, right. Yeah. yeah. I'm and you dad can't do and any I'm a husband. <laughs> and actually, I kind of suck at both of them. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, how do I, you know, my, so it's, it's kind of these. How do I train for this? Right. Yeah. yeah. It's very difficult. Yeah. Um, and so that family transition program, that's a, that's a very meaningful piece as a way to, to stave off divorce, as you guys are aware mm-hmm. of the divorce rate in SOCOM, super high. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, we, we fund a, a program for marriages that are basically they've thrown in the towel. They'll give it one more chance and we're able to, to recover these marriages and help yeah. them. And that's, yeah. that's, uh, it's modeled, um, from Windshape, which is, uh, our friends, the, the Kathy family, mm-hmm. um, uh, they they loan us their their humans and their and their facilities to to keep these marriages together. Uh, sometimes we're doing them at Windshape, and sometimes we're doing them down south uh, at, at one of our other mutual friends' property. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's that's the family program. So it's Windshape and the Station Foundation are the two biggies. Yeah, yeah. That was a very long answer to that. Sorry. No, but um, I love hearing no, these. It's, though it's important. It's <laughs> really uh, cool. On the on the healthcare side, uh, we fund the Warrior's Heart, which is a twelve step based program out of Bandera, out of, uh, Texas. You got it. So, um, if if uh, a commando soft guy or girl doesn't have insurance, we'll cover the whole thing. If they've got a yeah. big deductible, we'll cover that. Wow. If they need, they got all the insurance they need, and they just need you know, two thousand bucks for flights and a rental car, yeah. we'll cover that. Doesn't matter. Um, so that's a, that's a big, uh, important program for us. Um, because they take insurance, they don't have to tap us a whole lot. Yeah. Uh, but, but whatever need they have, if it's a commando, uh, we'll cover it. Um, and then we, we fund consistently three, um, brain treatment, uh, or traumatic brain injury treatments. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll just kind of throw an asterisk in there. Whenever you deal with TBI, you're also coupling post-traumatic stress in there. Yeah. And so it's hard to treat one without the other uh, being, you got to treat both. Yeah. Um, so we, we fund um, uh, uh, what's called, it's supplements, peptides, and hormone replacement therapy. That's the Warrior Health Foundation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's for soft only. Uh, and so we just help scale their, their existing program and, and sustain that. Yeah. It's uh, five grand per person per year. And so, uh, so we fund uh you know, hundred or so people to go through that a year. Um, amazing. And then, uh, and then we fund uh, the magnetic electroresonance therapy, which is uh, the rewiring of the of the brain. Mm-hmm. So, as guys, um, and I know you guys see this with your friends from from those organizations. You know, after a, a 15, 20 years of of concussive blast and breaching and heavy heavy weapons and bumps and bruises in the job and, you know, hard landings and helicopters and whatnot. These guys have had their eggs scrambled multiple times. And so much like an old house that has a breaker box where it doesn't make any sense, that's kind of the way these brains are. The, the brains are not operating at optimal, um, you know, I, I think. Speeds about, and frequencies. Yeah, yeah. I think about like when you do the, the speed test on your computer, it's like, mm-hmm. uh, it's almost like these guys' brain is buffering like yeah. a, a, like a YouTube video on a bad internet connection. Yeah. So <laughs> so the the magnetic electroresonance helps to remap the brain. And, and I'm not a scientist, but uh, but neuroplasticity and and basically remapping is what this thing does. Wow. And so the guys, 
most of the guys don't feel a thing. Mm-hmm. And then a few weeks in, they go, oh, my God, I slept the entire night. Yeah. <laughs> it's the first time in 12 years I've slept. Wow. Like, And they're they're almost, like, freaked out. And that's yeah. when, that's the first indicator that, that it's working is, is sleep. And the guys don't feel the need to, to take the edge off all the time with yeah. a drink or um, and then they're processing much, much better. So that's yeah. that's uh, the brain treatment centers, the facility, and, and the MERT is the, the name of that treatment. And then we also fund um, a psychedelic assisted therapies. So yeah. these are these are starting to make. They were really weird when we first heard about them. We yeah. were, we were totally freaked out, like by doing this, having to leave the country to take psychedelic drugs to mm-hmm. therapy. At, at the first yeah. glance, we were like, "Yeah, it's a pass." Mm-hmm. And then we started to have a lot of people we respect and, and love tell us like, hey, I did this and I've never... Saved my life. Yeah, it saved yeah. my life. I feel yeah. amazing. I, um, they describe it uh, oftentimes as about 20 years of, of deep, deep, deep psychoanalysis in about 12 hours. Yeah. Correct. And uh, the guys were able to reconcile a lot of the trauma that they've gone through in their, not only their, their adult life, but also what they brought to the table. A lot of mm-hmm. times the, the guys get to these... Uh, commands because they were you know always trying to achieve to get mom and dad's affection or attention and their their identity is achieving and uh and so they then they get into these operations and they see their friends perish or get injured and they 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 carry around a backpack full of guilt um and so this this psychedelic assisted therapy uh really helps them to to untangle that clean that up and they they've they uh it's referred to as the God drug. It's called yeah. Iboga. Mm-hmm. And um, they really, really, really um, have a tremendously strong effect for that. I think it allows them to deal with all of that as well without causing trauma from dealing with it. Yeah. yeah. It just yeah. puts them in a place to be able to heal yeah. 100%. Yeah. A lot of yeah. people don't understand what the yeah. a lot of these men and women go through. Um, yeah. The burdens that they carry on their shoulders. Like... We were out here eating ice cream and, <laughs> yeah. you know, watching Game of Thrones while these guys are out there fighting and just yeah. trying to survive and come home to their family. Yeah. So yeah. whatever we can give them to just be at peace and be happy, yeah. like, we're we're, ha- we're happy to do it. Like, oh, yeah. we have to do it. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I mean, for our listeners, when we, we go to a SOCAF event, I mean, David Kramer, this man that we're talking to, will cut checks for a quarter million dollars and up. And give it straight. Yeah. You'll see that money go straight to Stason Foundation, yeah. Brain Treatment Center, Warriors Heart, and it is amazing. Yeah, yeah. And we also in an envelope. Yeah. Here you go. Shake hand, <laughs> big yeah. hug, and we. There we go. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing. But we also get to see the people that have benefited from this fund. Oh yeah. And um, just to hear their stories, and then also, you know, the wives are there too. Yeah. So. Me, yep. I spend a lot of time with the ladies at this event, and it's, you know, they're they're holding down the home front. They're warriors, too. They're warriors totally. here in the U.S. for what their husbands are doing overseas, yep. and their stories are incredible. And I I want to personally thank you and everyone yeah. that is oh, a yeah. part of SOCF for what y'all do for yeah. these these heroes. Yeah. Um, it's, it's incredible. I, it, there's not words to describe it. Yeah. No. Without yeah. crying, <laughs> no. Yeah. I tell you, I, I mean the the you guys know and deal enough with the with the guys that what I'm saying is not offensive to them, and not I at hope all. not to your listening to your listeners. But like the guys will tell you, like I was put on the planet to do this job, yeah. Like hunt men, 
in take out bad guys. Very, very difficult situations mm-hmm. to solve the most complex problems from a national security. Like that's what I was meant to do. And to do that, they don't have to worry about cooking meals and they don't mm-hmm. have to worry about, you know, ordering parts for their guns and they have support to do that. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like that they go overseas and if they're not if they're not in a planning a mission or executing a mission, they're working out and they're eating and they're playing Xbox. Right. Yeah. Mom has put her career on hold and she is shuttling kids to and from practice, taking them to the doctor. You know, if she's working part time when the when the school calls and said your kid threw up, you gotta come get him right now. Like man, she's got it way tougher than the guys do. (laughs) I've heard you say this. Really yes. It's it's crazy. And 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 as well, like uh, the guys have their identity. Yeah, I'm, I'm a recce guy, or I'm a I'm a assaulter, I'm yeah. a reacher, and I'm a you know master chief, or I'm a sergeant major. Like yeah. you know, mom is just mom, and yeah. mom is a humongous umbrella, and there is no you know sergeant major of moms, you yeah. know, or whatever. <laughs> there so, should be. Yeah, there probably should be. <laughs> Think about that, but um, yeah, I mean, it's it's um, it helps me put my life in perspective. I try to live with a you know a, a, a grateful heart, but I'm like. My wife doesn't have to worry about, you know, somebody knocking at the door going, uh, Mrs. Kramer, you know, Dave got shot selling P-Mags last night. You know, like, <laughs> you know Dave, Dave was visiting yeah. Bass Pro and uh, it was, was a rough one. He was in yeah. Fort yeah. Smith, Arkansas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's, yeah. Um, you know, so you try to honor that and, yeah. you know, pamper pamper these wives for a few hours uh, while, mm-hmm. they're, while they're with us. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, Real quick, I just out of curiosity, uh, how much do you think Sock F has raised throughout the the years since its inception till to today? What do you think that number would be ballpark? Ten point five million dollars. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of that I is can get done you like down to the penny if you want. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 we don't need the penny. We don't need to know the penny. So I mean, that's My that's goodness. that's amazing because yeah. a lot of the time, uh, majority of that, the chunk of that is. One or two nights. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's it's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's hard for me to even wrap my brain around because you know the first, the first two years it was one hundred eighty five thousand dollars total for a year. Like yeah. that's um, that's a lot of money. It's a lot of yeah. money. Yeah, that's absolutely. A lot of money. Yeah, and now it's like uh, you know years three and four were like two fifty and four forty, and then yeah. year five and six was like eight eighty and one. Point oh oh seven, you know, and now it's like you know, as you guys saw, you know, in a in a single night, you know, it's two point eight million bucks. Yeah, you know, it's insane. Oh it's crazy, it's, and no it's hard to think like that this. you can't, you can beat it again next year. Yeah, yeah. you're like, there's no yeah. way we top this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If we get half, it's great. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. My gosh. Well, anything you get is great. Yeah. I mean, yeah. because it's coming from donors and a, a place yeah. from their heart, but there's no energy like what's in that room on those nights at the events. It's, yeah. it's incredible. Yeah, if you guys, you know, are listening and you hear about this, you guys can go to yeah. soc-f.org. Uh, That's correct. And, and, and see all the information behind it. And if yeah. you want to be a part of it, reach out. Yeah. Get, there, there's a couple cool videos that, that I think are on the, well, I know they're on the mm-hmm. website, that explain a little bit about the history of what we, you know, how, yeah. we, how we came to be and, uh, one of them, a mutual friend, Richard King, put together that yeah. interviews mm-hmm. some of the people, uh, board members, donors, and soft guys. And 
that probably gives the best, uh, even better than than talking about it on a, mm-hmm. on a podcast. So the best, you know, sh- yeah. look at what we do and and how we how we treat the folks. Right, I love yeah. it, man. Well, David, well, we've been talking for quite know, some time already. Have, and it was amazing conversation, but we want to thank you again for taking the time to uh, sit down and chat with us and share your passion about SOCF and give us insight to Magpul. Yep. And everyone, if you're at SHOT Show, go by the booth. You'll see all the new products. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> this, won't be, this won't be your last time. We're going to have you on yeah, multiple no, times. Yeah, we'll, we'll have updates. Yeah. Sounds um, good. But also, thank you to our listeners for hanging in with us for an entire year of Charis by the Horns. We're excited to bring a whole new roster of guests for 2023. But in the meantime, head over to magpool.com for your firearm accessory needs. And if you'd like more information regarding SOC F, visit soc-f.org. Make sure you subscribe to By the Horns so you don't miss any episode drops. You'll find us on all major platforms. And as always, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at podcast at taurususa.com. That's a wrap for 2022, and we'll talk to you next year. The Taurus By the Horns podcast. By the Horns.